Our first reading is from the 17th chapter of 1 Samuel. And David rose early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took the provisions and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the encampment as the host was going out to the battle line, shouting the war cry. And Israel and the Philistines drew up for battle, army against army. And David left the things in charge of the keeper of the baggage and ran to the ranks and went and greeted his brothers. As he talked with them, behold, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before. And David heard him. All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David said to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine? And takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? The people answered him in the same way. So shall it be done to the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why have you come down? With whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and the evil of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I done now? Was it not but a word? And he turned away from him toward another and spoke in the same way, and the people answered him again as before. When the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. But David David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him. And delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor. And he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand 
And he approached the Philistine. And the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Then the the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves, not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the 26th and 27th chapters of Acts. And as he was saying these things in his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you out of your mind. But Paul said, I am not out of my mind, most excellent Festus, But I am speaking true and rational words, for the king knows about these things, and to him I speak boldly. For I am persuaded that none of these things has escaped his notice, for this has not been done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. And Agrippa said to Paul, in a short time would you persuade me to be a Christian? And Paul said, whether short or long, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am, except for these chains. Then the king rose, and the governor and Bernice, and those who were sitting with them. And when they had withdrawn, they said to one another, This man is not doing it, is doing nothing deserving death or imprisonment. And Agrippa said to Festus, This man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. And when it was decided that we should sail for Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius, and embarking in a ship of Adramitium, which was about to sail to the ports along the coast of Asia, we put to sea, accompanied by Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica, The next day we put in at Sidon, and Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him leave to go to his friends and be cared for. And putting out to sea from there, we sailed under the lee of Cyprus, because the winds were against us. And when we had sailed across the open sea along the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra in Lycia. There the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing for Italy and put us on board. We sailed slowly for a number of days and arrived with difficulty off Snidus. And as the wind did not allow us to go farther, 
We sailed under the lee of Crete off Salmone, coasting along it with difficulty. We came to a place called Fair Havens, near which was the city of Lycia. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue our recitation of the Ten Commandments. What is the second commandment? You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not curse, swear, use satanic arts, lie, or deceive by his name, but call upon it in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. Grace, mercy, and peace to all of you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In this meaning of the second commandment of not misusing the name of the Lord your God, Luther says that we're not to call not to curse, swear, use satanic arts, lie or deceive by his name. And, and this all has to do with far more than just using God's name in a bad manner, like if someone were to hit his thumb with a hammer and say, you know, that. Uh, It's not what uh, the commandment actually has in mind. It has in mind the usage of God's name. And to not abuse God's name by calling upon it or invoking the name of God for, say, a satanic purse uh, reason or deceiving and saying, I swear by the name of God, I'm telling the truth. No, that's, that's, that's how we're not to use God's name. That's an abuse of it. But Luther said that we are to use it. And notice what he says. By calling upon it in every trouble, pray, praising, and giving thanks. That's how God's name is to be used. What we saw, how God's name was abused, we saw that today in our Old Testament reading from 1 Samuel. And it's an interesting thing where the armies of Israel were going up against this much larger army of the Philistines. And it was an army that was bred for war. They had been tested by war. And they were terrified, especially when they saw Goliath stand up. And you can almost imagine the Israeli men cowering in fear, backing up when they saw this Goliath. They abused God's name. They abused God's name because they did not call upon the name of the Lord their God in this moment of their fear and their weakness. It's okay to be afraid in life. It's okay to be weak in life. But who is your savior when you are afraid? Who is your savior when you are weak? We can cower in fear and cower in being afraid and cower in being weak. But if we do not reach out to our God who has promised to be with us, then we've abused God's name in that moment. And that's what the Israelites were doing. God had promised to give them Israel. God promised to give them the promised land. That's why it's called the promised land. 
He said it will be yours. He promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 400 years later, he brought Israel out of Egypt, and he's handing it to them. It was a promise. They were failing to embrace that promise. They were allowing their fear to overtake them, to even overtake their God. They were allowing what they were worried about, their fear. They were worried about what terrorized them, to take away the one who could calm their fears and still what they were worried about, their God. That's the depth of what was happening with the Israelites in this story. Until, of course, you see David, a man, not a man, a boy, coming um, and uh, shaming, basically, all of the men. And not that David was more powerful. No, he was a child. He couldn't fight. He couldn't overthrow Goliath, and David knew that. But David had something that Goliath did not have, that the Philistines didn't have, and even what the entire army of Israel did not have. Faith. That God would preserve David and that God would care for him in spite of everything he saw in his life, in spite of the monster that was rearing up right in front of David. He knew that his God is more powerful than anything that any of us meet in life. And I pray that this, not courage of David, I pray this faith of David, This would be the same faith we all have. Because there will be many a monster and many a thing that we fear in this life that rises up before us and looks like it will overtake us. But always ask yourself, who is more powerful? This thing, whatever it may be, this fear, or my God? And I think you know the answer. Your God is more powerful. And in fact, when David came Before Goliath, he shamed him even more because he said this beautiful thing. David spoke to the Philistine and he said, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you defied. He came In the name of the Lord of hosts. What is the second commandment? You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so we do not curse, swear, you say, tainted guards, lie or deceive by his name. But call upon it in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. When David stood on that battlefield, he called upon the name of his God. For his God to stand and give testimony of who God is in front of this Philistine. That was the might. Not David's might. That was the might of our God. That was not David's courage. That was David's faith in the God who would save him. David was nothing in and of himself. And he knew that. He was a little boy. He had no strength. He had no might. He had faith. Faith in God who would preserve him and who would save him and who promised he would. Every single one of those men in the army of Israel should have been standing tall even though Goliath was 
six feet taller than all of them. They should have been because they should have remembered who their God is. That their God promised them this land. And if God makes a promise, he doesn't go back on it. Never. His promises are true. No matter what stands in front of our faces. This is why we as Christians can and must come in the name of the Lord our God. Not only when we worship, but in our daily lives. Because our Lord has stood and fought the greatest battle for us on the cross at Golgotha. And he won, defeating sin, death, the devil itself, our greatest enemies ever. Truly the, the most powerful Goliaths this world has ever seen or ever will see. And he vanquished all of them. And because of that, he gives us the strength and the courage to come and do and live our lives as Christians in the name of the Lord who will always preserve us and always care for us no matter what we face in our lives. I pray for all of us we might have the faith of David and when the worst things happen to us in life, when they rear in front of us and look like they will overpower us, that we'll be able to stand in front of them and call upon the name of our Lord, our God, who will always preserve us no matter what. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.